Amen. The Easter story is the greatest story on earth. Oh, the Easter story of Jesus. We love, I love that Jesus came. I love that Jesus lived. I love that Jesus did miracles. I love that he raised the dead and cast out devils and opened blind eyes. And amen, I loved the story of how he walked on the water. All those are great. But that's not why Jesus came. He didn't come just to do miracles for those that were there. He came for an eternal purpose. You see, for God so loved the world, the whole world, everyone in the world, every gender, every nation, every tongue, every creed. He came for every person because man was separated from God and man couldn't get back to God because sin had come in and man had failed. Oh, but God sent His Son into the world. Amen. And the world knew Him not. He came into darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Oh, but John said He was light. And in Him was life. The Easter story. There can be no Easter story. Without Friday. We can have no resurrection without a death. You see Jesus paid a price for you and I. He paid a price that no one else could pay. You see his perfect blood. Up until that time, from the time Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden and God showed them how to take an animal and kill it and use its skin for clothing and he used its blood for, for, for cleansing and, and they would make sacrifices and that blood would cover their sin for a season and the priests would go before God continually and the people would bring offerings continually and once a year he would go into the holy place and make a sacrifice for a year and but Jesus was looking to make an eternal sacrifice. Amen. That we could once and for all. Amen. Confess our sins and be forgiven. So on that Friday. I don't know why it's called Good Friday. It was good for you and I. But it wasn't good for him. After he had gone in the garden after he had sweated great drops of blood and after he had come to the place to where he said father it's not my will but it's your will that needs to be done and God's will is that you and I have a relationship with him God has always wanted a relationship with his people God is not just some distant person in the sky that just has no hand in what's happening and he's just up there and whatever happens, happens. Que sera, sera. What will be, will be. Listen, God wants to be involved in your life. When God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. Watched a little bit of uh, the Ten Commandments last night from 1956. Their graphics weren't quite as good as ours are today. Oh, but the story is still true. Oh, God made a way and God brought His people out of Egypt after 430 years. And God's desire was to talk to them. See, God's always wanted to talk to His people. He wanted to be in fellowship. He said, bring all the people up to the mountain. And I want to talk to them. But when they got there, and they saw the glory and they saw the smoke and the mountain trembled. The people were afraid and the people said, no, 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 Moses, you go and talk to God and you come back and tell us what he said. Can I tell you that's never been God's plan? 
God's never, His plan has never been for me to tell you what He says. He wants to tell you yourself. He didn't want to have to speak to you through somebody else or a priest or a prophet or, or, or a preacher. Or, he, his word, amen, is alive and well. He can speak to you personally. He wants to call you, ordain you. He wants to fellowship with you, communicate with you. He loves you and he wants a personal relationship with you. And they said, we're afraid. We can't do it. You go talk to God. And so from that moment on, it's just kind of been, amen, man's way of, you know what, let somebody else do it. I, I don't, I don't want to put in the effort. I, I don't want to have to read it for myself. I don't want to have to do my own praying. I just want to show up and preach or you tell me what to do. Well, that's fine. I'll tell you. Oh, but God wants so much more for you than that. He wants a personal relationship with you. Let me ask all of you men in the house today. How would you like to have your relationship with your wife by email or text or over the phone? <laughs> that does happen sometimes, doesn't it, sister? You know, somebody say, well, that, that's not very intimate, is it? It'd be, it would, would, would it not be missing something? Would you not miss the touch? Would you not f miss the closeness? Would you not miss the intimacy? See, we would miss that if we did. But that's how we do when we come to church. I don't want to put in the effort. I don't want to have that intimate relationship. I don't want to get into that place of worship. I, I don't want to be embraced by God. I, I just want you to tell me about it. Just text it to me, Pastor. Email it to me. I'll just watch it on the website. God wants so much more than you for that. He wants that personal contact, that relation, that intimacy. He wants to know you face to face. And so that's why on that day, amen, Jesus allowed himself to be beaten, unrecognizable. Amen, every stripe on his back would bear every sickness and disease and pain and torment and trouble. He allowed those crown of thorns to be placed on his head. He allowed those nails to be nailed into his hands and those nails into his feet. He allowed and for hours he endured agony at a Roman soldier's hand. I mean they were masters at torture. I mean the way that they nailed him. I mean when he dropped down he couldn't breathe but his feet were together so he couldn't hardly raise up. When he raised up to get a breath it was agonizing and he did that for over three hours until every sickness was paid for every sin was paid for until every sickness and disease every problem, every trial, every habit every addiction, every marital problem every financial problem amen, when it was totally covered amen, then he looked up and he said it is finished he didn't give up in the middle he didn't quit when it got hard. He waited until it was finished. And then he said, into my hands, I commend your spirit. That was a tough Friday. All oh, but Sunday was on the way. What the disciples didn't know is they were, 
afraid and they were running and they were scattered and they were scared and they, they, they were afraid for their lives and they were in hiding and they were mourning. Oh, but something was happening in that grave when that tomb was dark, when that stone was rolled over the entrance, amen, when no man could get in and it appeared that no man could get out. Amen, when it seemed that Jesus was dead and buried and it was hopeless and lifeless, amen, something was happening, amen, because Jesus, amen, was not there. His soul and spirit descended into the heart of the earth amen when the devil came and tempted Adam and Eve and they sinned and they gave authority amen that God had given them in the garden and Satan had held the keys oh now Jesus descended into the very pits of hell and he stripped the devil of all of his authority he stripped him of the keys of death and hell in the grave and on the third day amen Jesus came back victorious he came back to live no longer to die he died once and now he wants to live and he wants to not only live in in, in humanity not only live in the world not only live in heaven but he wants to live in your heart he wants to take up personal residence. There's something happened. There, the, the, the Easter story, it, it is awesome. I mean, it's just a little, a little time and space, three days there. You can say, well, 33 and a half years. I mean, but really it all culminated right there. I mean, from time that he was betrayed, he was beaten, he was killed, and he was resurrected. That changed all of eternity. It changed the whole calendar. Everything before that was called B.C. Before Christ. Everything after that was A.D. After his death. Anio Domini or something like that. I don't know all the technical terms. All I know is that that date, amen, separated a past from the present. And I'm telling you, God wants to have a day today, amen, when your life has a transforming transformation. Amen, everything on your timeline changes. Amen, stop looking back and saying, to, I, you, 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 your whole timeline goes back to a failure. After my heart attack, after my sickness, after my accident, after this, after that. Amen. All of a sudden you need to come to a place in life, amen, to where the cross comes in. Your life, amen, comes up and then it intersects with the cross. And that's where you met Jesus. And that's where your life, amen, come to the grave. And that's where your life, amen, had an experience in a graveyard. I've got good news from a graveyard today. Not a lot of good news comes out of the graveyard. But I've got good news from the graveyard. There's an empty tomb. You can go to all the other gods that people worship. And you can go to their tombs. And you can see their bones. And you can read their placards. And you can see all about them. And there's a time of death. And there's a time of... And it's right there. But Jesus is the only tomb that is empty. He's alive. And when your life encounters Him on your timeline, all of a sudden, you need to start looking back and saying, I remember uh, when I got born again, when my life was transformed, when everything turned around, when I was saved, when I was healed, when I was delivered. Amen. That needs to be your defining moment. Amen. In time, when everything changed and now you're no longer an old creature, but you're a new creation in Christ Jesus.
The Easter story is the greatest story. Amen. Why? Because there's a few things that I want to point out to you today from the tomb. Number one, the stones rolled away. You see, the stone holds people. The stone seals. The stone doesn't allow anyone in and it doesn't allow anyone out. Now, can I tell you this morning? I just want to go ahead and let you know in case you don't know. The stone was not rolled away so Jesus could get out. The stone was rolled away so you could get in. Jesus didn't need that stone. That stone didn't bother him. You saw his new glorified body. Amen. He appeared and disappeared. He walked through closed doors and walls. Amen. That stone did not hold him in. The grave cannot hold him down. There's no tomb. There's no grave. There's no rock that can hold him. He rolled the stone away so that you and I can take a view inside to see he is risen. And if he's alive, everything he said is true. But so many of us are still living behind that stone. There's a lot of stones in people's life and a lot of tombs that people use. And uh, there are stones that are blocking their life. They're stones of separation. There's things in your life that has separated you from people. Separated you from spouses and children and relationships and friends and family. And you've never reconciled. But I'm here to tell you this morning, roll the stone away. Come out of that tomb. Make restitution. Say, I'm sorry. Come on, let's just practice that this morning. Everybody say it. I'm sorry. Luke, practice with me. You're getting ready to get married. You're going to need this. <laughs> say, it, say it with me. I'm sorry. Listen, that right there will make for a better marriage. You learn to say that on a daily basis. Honey... I'm sorry. I messed up again. <laughs> you just got to learn to say that. Because it's a part of life. You've got to learn to be able to go to your family, go to your children as parents and say, I'm sorry, I blew it. I wasn't a good parent. I, I acted ugly. I acted bad. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. Be a teacher. Kids, kids how? That when you make mistakes, you fix them. You apologize. You say, I'm sorry. Stop letting those stones of separation keep you out of healthy relationships because of pride and because of humiliation and because of all the things that keep you separated. Can you say this morning, the stone is rolled away. There's stones of condemnation. Oh, the, God, the devil's good at condemning. The devil's good at pointing out your faults. He's good at reminding you what you did once upon a time. He's good at reminding you that you're not perfect. And as husbands and wives and parents, sometimes we help him. Don't we? We like to help him. We like to point those things out in people's lives. But not a whole lot of us stand in front of the mirror and point out our own. 
If you're going to point out any faults or failures or flaws, why don't you just get into the mirror and point your own out and then ask God to forgive you. But there are stones of condemnation. Amen. The devil has rolled in front of you and said you can't be successful, you can't be happy, you can't be free because of your past. I'm here to tell you this morning, God never consults your past to determine your future. Amen. When he died on the cross, when he said it's finished, he took your sins with him. Your sins were nailed to the cross. And if you confess them, He forgives you and you'll never remember them again. There's now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away and behold, all things are made new. So those stones of condemnation, roll them away. Those stones of frustration. You get frustrated sometimes. Sometimes you, just, you try and you try and you try and it seems like you just can't quite make it. You just get frustrated. You just want to throw your hands up and you just want to kick the stone. And now your toes broke. And so now you're limping around. You're paying for my frustration. Listen, there's all those things out there to frustrate you. But you need to just stop and take a deep breath and say, Lord, I know you are the head of all things. Don't let me be so frustrated. Don't let me get frustrated with my spouse, frustrated with my children, frustrated at my job. Let me just calm down. Take a deep breath. Chill out. That's the King James Version. Chill out. (laughs) There's stones of limitations. There's a lot of people living behind stones of limitations. I can't. I can't. Well, why can't you? Well, I just can't. Have you tried? No. Well, how do you know you can't? Well, I just can't. I can't do it. I can't say it. I can't be it. I can't walk it. I can't. So many people don't want to become a Christian because they don't think they can. I can't live it. Well, none of us can live it. That's why we need Him. We need a Savior. None of us are perfect. All have failed and come short of the glory of God. We all have limitations, but we need to learn to step outside those limitations and we need to roll the stone away and say, I can't do it, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. With Jesus, there are no limitations. There are no impossibilities. What's impossible with man is possible with God. So you can fix that marriage. You can fix those children. You can fix those finances. You can fix your health. You can fix all those things. Don't be limited by just what you think and you know. Amen. Start learning something new. Say, Lord, I can't do it by myself, but thank God I'm not by myself. You can help me. You can give me wisdom and you're walking with me. And Don't let there be any limitations in your life. Can I get a big amen? He rolled the stone away. That's the first good news I have for the grave. Amen. The stone is no longer there. And it's not just so that he can get out, but it's so that we can get in. We got to get into relationship with him. We got to get in and realize he's alive and well. When the disciples came and they ran and they saw, amen, the place that we had lain, they saw all of his garments folded. There's a lot of significance there we don't have time to get into. Oh, but they knew. Oh, Something miraculous has happened. This is just what he said. They got in there to see it for their own self. Number two, he's the God of a second chance. 
Anybody need a second chance? How about a third? How about a fiftieth? How about a hundredth? Aren't you glad the Bible says that His mercy is new every morning? The Bible says don't let the sun go down on your wrath. So every night I say, Lord, forgive me for everything I said, did, thought, every word, every action, every deed. Cover with your blood and forgive me. And when I wake up the next morning and the sun comes up, I get to start all over again. Amen. He don't hold yesterday against me. He forgot about my failures. I get to carry over my victories. And today I get to start over again. The stone was rolled away so that Peter could get in there. Because see, the last time Peter had seen Jesus, they were at the Passover supper, we call the last supper. They didn't know it was the last one. And they were there eating with Jesus, and Jesus said, Peter, you're going to deny me. Oh, no, 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 not me. Now, you know, Elias, yeah, he will. And George, yeah, oh, yeah, I know he will. And Cody, man, Brother Bruce, I know. But, Lord, not me. Come on, every one of you done the same thing. Oh, yeah, they'll, they'll do it, but not me. Well, I never. Peter had this pious. The Bible says pride goeth before a fall. Oh, don't ever say you, you won't, you can't, you... You'll be the next one. Every day get up and say, by the grace of God, I'm going to do my very best. When someone falls, help pick them up. Pray for those who fall and fail and sin because the Bible says the merciful shall obtain mercy. So now here's Peter. Jesus is betrayed by Judas and here the soldiers come and Peter's falling afar off and he gets there and Somebody says, aren't you one of those disciples? Oh, no, 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 I, I don't know him. I'm not from around here. No, I'm from, I, I'm from Lindale. I'm from, <laughs> yeah. You sound like one of those Tylerites. Oh, oh, oh no, 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 I'm from Chandler. I don't, I don't know who you're talking about. All of a sudden, somebody else says, hey, uh, you sound like one of those disciples. Oh, no, 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 that's not, I, I don't know him. I don't know who you're talking about. I, 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 I'm, just, I'm just in the crowd. I... Somebody says, no, 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 your speech betrays you. So he threw a few little choice words and he said a few of this. And, well, that, does, that, does that sound like a good Christian to you? <laughs> a little fussing and cussing and little getting all upset and Oh, I don't know, I don't know him. About that time, Jesus turned and looked at him. The rooster crowed. Jesus had told him, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. Peter said, no, not me, Lord. And all of a sudden, Peter ran away. His heart was broken. He knew he had done just what he said he'd never do. Now, I know you have never done that. I do it all the time. But I know you have never, ever done something that you said you'd never do. And then you came to church and you prayed and you repented. And then you said, I'll never do it again. And then you did it again in the parking lot. But you said, I'll never do it again. Until you got in the car. Is that just me? I'm the only one that... Makes mistakes and fails and gets in the flesh and 
has to repent and apologize and say I'm sorry. And so Peter's feeling. So, so you, you know how Peter's feeling, huh? He's feeling terrible. I mean, he's condemned. He, he's got that rock of condemnation in front of him, that rock of limitation. And now the devil's saying, you're nothing, you're worthless. He doesn't love you anymore. You can't be of any possible use. And all of a sudden, a stone is rolled away. Jesus is alive. And Mary are, is outside. She comes to anoint the body of Jesus. And she's weeping. There are a lot of you that are weeping over your situation, you're weeping over your past, and you're weeping over what was, and you're weeping over what could have been, and you're, 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 you're just emotional, and you're just weeping, and what have they done with him, and where is he at, and she came to anoint his body, and I missed it, and I don't know what to do, I'm frustrated, and I'm limited, and I, 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 what am I going to do, and all of a sudden, she heard a voice, Mary. Can I tell you this morning, Jesus has enough time. He had just rose from the dead. He said, don't touch me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father to take my blood to the holy place, the altar up there in the holies of holies, to put my blood on the mercy seat for the forgiveness of sins. Don't, don't, don't touch me, i, I got to go to the Father. When I get back, then we'll, we'll have a good time. But he had, took enough time I mean, don't you think it was kind of important? He came to earth to shed his blood. Wasn't it important to get back to heaven and put it on the mercy seat and get sins covered forever? But he stopped for a crying woman. If we stopped every time a woman cried, well, we, we wouldn't get nothing done. I'm in trouble now. Yes. So guess what? Men... We need to be a little bit more like Jesus. He had time, and he stopped, and he called her by name, and he said, Mary. And she said, oh, Rabbi, teacher. Guess what? She stopped crying. <laughs> oh, when you see your answer, when you see your prayers come to pass, when you see your risen Savior, when you have an encounter with the glory of God, it'll dry your tears up. It'll stop your pity party. It'll cause you to realize I have no limitations. My past is forgiven. My future is set. Amen. I've got something special. Amen. When he calls you by name, amen, your relationship with him. But then he said, go tell my disciples and Peter. Why, why, why do you think he threw Peter's name in? Because Peter... If he'd, have, if he'd have went back and said, hey, Jesus said for the disciples to come, Peter would have said, I used to be one of them, but I'm not anymore. You see, I failed. I blew it. I'm not worthy to come to church. I'm not worthy to sit on a pew. I'm not worthy to play an instrument. I'm not worthy to sing. I'm not worthy to serve. I, I'm not worthy to do anything for God because I have a past and I failed and I made a mistake and I let Jesus down. Can I tell you this morning, you didn't let Jesus down. You were never holding him up. He's always been holding you up. You can't let him down. Amen. He's the one that's got you by the hand. He's the one that's carrying you. Amen. Peter, amen, needed to know. He needed to hear his name and know that I know what you did in the past, but I'm not holding it against you. Go tell my disciples and Peter to come on. 
I got something for him to do. Don't you know Peter was glad to hear that? And when he heard that, him and John were the first ones to the tomb. And they ran past that rock of limitations. And Peter ran past that rock of condemnation. And he ran and he saw with his own eyes. It's true. Because of that, because that stone is rolled away, because he's a God of a second chance, and don't you know, it was Peter. Isn't it, isn't, it, isn't it awesome how God worked? It was Peter that fussed and cussed and denied and cut a guy's ear off and did all of that. It was Peter that couldn't even say, yes, I'm one of them around a few little women, around a campfire. And, but it was the same Peter that stood up on the day of Pentecost when he got endued with the power from on high, when he got baptized in the Holy Ghost, he stood up and preached to thousands and said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Amen. He could testify that I failed. Amen. But I made a, I had a setback, but I just made a comeback. God will give you a second chance. And because of that tomb, because of that stone being rolled away, and because of that second chance, can I tell you this morning, you have a future. This is not all there is. Your past is behind you. You're here today. But you have a future. You have a home. Amen. He declared in John 14, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe it, God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. We went last night and saw heaven is for real. And I, I tell you, I didn't need to see the movie or read the book. I know heaven is for real. Because Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And where I am, you may be also. He is coming again. He wants to give you an eternal home. And he wants to give you a future. Your future is bright. Your future is not just what you see down here. It's not just your 9 to 5. It's not just getting you to retirement. It's not just getting waiting till the Social Security checks come. It's not just getting to the end. I'm telling you, we have an eternity, amen, to get ready and prepare for. And because of the tomb, because of the stone being rolled away, amen, up from the grave, he arose and he went and he took his place at the right hand of the Father. And we have a home. And we have a destiny. And we have a future. Your future is bright today. Don't be limited by your past. Don't stay behind that stone of frustration. That stone of separation. That stone of condemnation and limitations. Come out from behind that stone. Jesus came up out of the tomb. Isn't it about time you do? Stop living in the graves of the past. Stop living in that failure and that sin. Stop living in that hurt and that pain and come up out of that grave. The tomb is empty. The stone has been rolled back. It's time for the church. It's time for families. It's time for individuals. Amen. To get up and shake off the grave clothes. Amen. When Jesus called Lazarus out of the grave, he said, Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says Lazarus came hopping out with grave clothes on. And Jesus said, loose him and let him go. 
I'm telling you this morning, Jesus wants to bring you out of your old tomb of your past and yourself, and He wants to unwrap you from those grave clothes, and He wants to cause you to go forward in future and be successful. Can I get a big amen? Hallelujah. So what do I do? Stop living in the tomb of loneliness, fear, worry, guilt. Come out because Jesus has rolled the stone away. So you blew it. So you failed. We all have. But remember, God's a God of a second chance. And He'll give you one every day. Isn't that good to know? And you have a home. Live. Live. Everybody say it with me. Live. Really live. Because you have a home. You have a future. You have a hope. Stop just getting by. Stop just existing. Stop dealing with the same things day in and day out. And never making any forward progress. Begin to live and live well. Be happy. Be blessed. Love one another. Forgive one another. Life is too short to hold grudges. And eternity is too long to be wrong. So today is a day to get right. Because of the tomb and because of the stone being rolled away, you and I have access to great hope, forgiveness, mercy, second chance, and a future. Anybody ready to step into that? Amen. With heads bowed and eyes closed. Heavenly Father... Today I thank you that the tomb is empty. But Father, I don't want to take residence up there. The disciples, when they came in the tomb and saw that it was empty, they didn't just stay in there. They didn't just hang out in there and cry over the grave clothes and hide behind the stone. They went out. They went to the world. They preached the gospel. They heard the great commission, go ye into all the world. And they went. Today, there's people here that need to come out from behind that rock, that stone of condemnation limitations all their past failures and sins and they need to allow you to forgive them and heal them today there's many that need a second chance Lord I need a second chance every day today's a good day to start over today's a good day to get a hope and a future Some of you are so worried about the past. You've never realized that you have a future in Christ Jesus. That heaven can really be your home for eternity. That you are going to live forever somewhere. But today you're choosing heaven over hell. You're choosing life over death. You choose pleasure over pain. 
Choose Jesus. Choose Jesus. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I've been living behind that rock. I've been living under that rock. That rock has crushed me. It's held me back. It's hurt me. It's, I've been living under condemnation. I've been living with guilt. I need to be free. I need it rolled away from my life. Today, I need to make a new commitment to Jesus. I need to give my heart to Jesus. Today, I want to be changed. If you're here, just slip your hands up. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Yes, 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 yes. I see those hands all over the building. Jesus sees your hands. You can put them down. You're here today and you say, Pastor, I know all about Peter. Man, I failed. I've been so gung-ho. I was going to do it. I served God. I loved God. I, I mean, I was just going to go for it. And then I failed. I've been so condemned. I just... Man, the devil's been telling me, look what you did. And you can't do it now. And You know, I just want a second chance. I need a third chance. I, I, I want to start all over again. And I'm so excited to hear today that I can. So pray for me. I'm ready for my second chance. I do over. And I'm going to do it better this time. If that's you, slip your hand up. Yes, 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 yes. You're here today. Everybody says, I want a future. I know that this is not all there is. I know there's a place called heaven. I'm going to die one day. I'm going to take my last breath. And when I stand before God, I want to hear, well done. I want to hear, enter in, my good and faithful servant. I want my name written in that book of life. And I want a future in heaven with Jesus. If that's you, just jump to your feet. Come on, everybody. Everybody wants that. If you raised your hand for any reason, if you didn't raise your hand, but you know you need Jesus, you need a second chance, you need a future, get out of your seat right where you're at and come and stand around this altar. I want to pray with you. We're going to make Jesus the Lord of your life.